0: Hi, I'm Tara Newell, and I survived being attacked by Dirty John Meehan, killing him in self-defense. I'm Collier Landry. At 11 years old, I survived my father, Dr. John F. Boyle Jr., murdering my mother. I testified against him in court, sealing his fate. We've come together to interview fellow true crime survivors. Our goal is to give survivors back their power. By helping them tell their story, their way. Our show, The Survivor Squad, will be launching soon. In the meantime, head to our website, thesurvivorsquad.com to sign up for updates, send us your suggestions, and connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to sharing more ethical true crime content with you guys soon. Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? We are now in for a bonus episode on the Loch Ness Monster. As you recall, we do not typically follow or include cryptids in our normal content, but part of the bonus episodes are covering cryptids and other walks of life, so we hope you enjoy this episode on the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, and PSA, we do not claim to be experts, so if you are like dedicated your whole life to Loch Ness Monster Research, you're amazing. And I love that journey for you, but that is not my journey. And I just thought it would be an interesting thing because I've always been interested in it. And so this is one of the episodes we chose to do for you lovely listeners. Also, thank you for being so supportive of the bonus episodes. We hope you enjoy them. So the first written account of the Loch Ness Monster. At the start of the Hiberno-Scottish mission, the Irish priest Columbia journeyed to Scotland for the purpose of spreading Christianity to the region. It was during this expedition in 564 AD that he trekked through what is today known as the Highland Council area of Scotland, which housed green hills and valleys, several rivers and a crisp 23-mile wide lake. Columbia's peaceful stop at the lake was short-lived when he witnessed a creature emerge from the 788-foot depth of the otherwise tranquil waters, biting a swimmer. He watched as it plowed forward with the intent to attack the other panicked people bathing in the lake, and it was then that he performed one of his miracles. He commanded the beast to go back, and it listened. After this incident, sightings were sporadic over the next few centuries some seeming to be inspired by Scottish folklore, which in many cases had to do with mythical marine life. Columbia's autobiography, later published in 565 AD, was the first written narrative of the Loch Ness Monster. Now, in early 20th century sightings, little was known about the Loch Ness Monster and what he looked like or what she looked like until accounts began to crop up in the 1930s. A couple claimed to have seen it as it crossed their path to get to the water. They told their story to a newspaper, who reported that they compared what they saw to a dragon or prehistoric monster. This subsequently led to a surge of people coming forward to insist they, too, had seen the creature. In December of the same year, Marmaduke Wetherill, a big game hunter, was asked by the Daily Mail to find this unknown beast. He did not disappoint. Marmaduke found huge footprints along the lakeshore and said they looked like they belonged to a soft-footed creature that was 20 feet long. With this finding, the Daily Mail released a report titled, Monster of Loch Ness is not legend, but fact. Unfortunately, this statement was later discovered to be a hoax, but no one knows exactly how Marmaduke was involved in it. With the increase in sightings and news reports but no real evidence, people wanted to prove the monster's existence. In 1934, a photo was printed in the Daily Mail, depicting a creature with a small head and neck. This photograph, taken by an English physician named Robert Kenneth Wilson, became known as the surgeon's photograph. It was then that the monster of Loch Ness became an international star. Okay, so you might be listening and wondering, okay, Lainey, what is the Loch Ness Monster? Now, though the Priest Columbia was credited with the first written account of the Loch Ness Monster, it actually dates back to ancient times, with stone carvings of a creature made by the Pict, illustrating flippers. It is known to be a marine creature believed to inhabit Loch Ness, which has the largest volume of fresh water in Great Britain, with a watershed covering more than 700 square miles comprising several rivers and outlets at the River Ness, which flows into the moray Firth at Inverness. In modern times, the creature was affectionately given the moniker Nessie and has become a hit with those in cryptozoology. One sighting of Nessie made in 1933 by George Spicer was the catalyst to what we imagine it looks like today. He claimed to have seen the creature on land and said it had a long neck and was seal-like, Five days later, people started to suggest that Nessie was a plesiosaur, which is a large prehistoric marine reptile. But in the recent Ice Ages, Loch Ness was originally frozen, so the creature would have had to make its way up the river Ness from the ocean and into the lake. Plesiosaurs, which are believed to have been cold-blooded, would not survive long in the waters of Loch Ness. Others theorize that Nessie was an archaeocyte, a primitive whale with a serpentine neck that has been extinct for 18 million years. In contrast, Roy Mackle, a biochemist, said in 1976 that there were over 10,000 reports of the Loch Ness Monster, but none gave evidence of Nessie having a long neck. Only 20% of the reports mention a neck of any length, so it seems as if the long neck is not its natural form. Since the big boom of eyewitnesses in 1933, Stories of Nessie continue to circulate. PBS Nova gathered and aired a documentary showcasing multiple accounts from the people of Scotland. Ian Cameron's story says, Well, we're talking about an incident that happened approximately 32 years ago, almost to the very day. Midsummer, June 1965. I, along with a friend, was on the south shore of Loch Ness, fishing for brown trout, looking almost directly into Arkark Bay. When I saw something break the surface of the water, I glanced there and I saw it, and then it wasn't there, it had disappeared. But while watching, keeping an eye, and fishing gently, I saw an object's surface. It was a large black object, a whale-like object going from infinity up and came round onto a block end, and it submerged to reappear a matter of seconds later. But on this occasion, the block end, which had been on my right, was now on my left, So I realized immediately that while in the process of surfacing, as it may, it had rotated, and with the predominant wind, the southwest wind, it appeared to be, I would say, at the stage, drifting easily across. So I called to my friend Willie Fraser, who incidentally had a sighting of an object on the lock almost a year ago to the very day. I called him, and he came up and joined me. We realized that it was drifting towards us, and... In fact, it came to within, I would say, about 250 to 300 yards. In no way am I even attempting to convert anybody to the religion of the object of Loch Ness. I mean, they can believe it, but it doesn't upset me if they don't believe it. Because I would question very much if I hadn't had the extraordinary experience of seeing this object. If I hadn't seen it, I would have without question given a lot of skepticism to what it was but I saw it and nothing can take that away then there's Richard White's story right I'm driving along the lock side glancing out the window you can see the rock formation I was just down on the road there it just rises I saw this boiling in the water I thought no it can't be anything and I carried on a wee bit then I looked again and I saw three black humps I mean you know there's a chance I've seen something in the water but what is it so I'm gobsmacked. I'm looking out the window. I just didn't know what it was. Then the people came up behind me and they obviously wanted me to move, but I didn't want to lose sight of this thing. So I just pulled over to the side, grabbed my camera and I thought I was being very cool and very nonchalant and took 2 or 3 photos. In fact, as I say, I had taken 9 or 10 without realizing. I just punched the button. It was just a pity. It was a small camera. PBS Nova then asked, did anybody else see anything? And Richard says, yeah, the other two people who were there. I was just so excited I didn't get their names and address or anything. They saw it exactly the same as me, because the wee wifey who would have been a lady in her 50s on holiday, she was Scottish and she said to me, I've not been in the bar this morning. And her husband said, Ack, it's an eel, it's an eel. And I said, there's no eels that big. And he said, "Ack, it's otters. And I said, you don't get otters swimming out like that. I saw what I saw, and I'm not going to be dissuaded. It wasn't just an imagination. I'm a sane guy, and I got no axe to grind. As I say, I sell pet food. What used to me is the Loch Ness Monster. Unless I can invent a food called, I don't know, monster munchies, perhaps? Gary Campbell, who's the man who runs the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register, shared his story. What happened was, it was March 14th, 1996. I was beside the Loch. I was doing my job. I'm the area manager of an insurance company, and I cover a large part of the Highlands. I sat beside the lock and lay by just to do some... It was further up the lock here, around that corner. Just to do some paperwork, and away up there, you can see the dark bay coming out at the top of the lock. I was sitting doing paperwork, and I looked up at the lock, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this black hump come out of the water. I thought, heavens, and looked at it again. And sure enough, it went back to the water and came back out again and back down. I thought... Immediately, sort of looked ahead and thought, I've seen it. Good grief, after all these years being here and then thinking, Heavens above, you know, I've actually seen it. One of the interesting things was, at the time, there was another chap with me who had just disappeared. It's just typical of these things that I didn't have a camera with me. I carry one now, obviously. At the time, this other guy, I had just taken a photograph of him for his family, and he just disappeared. He literally had just driven out just two minutes beforehand, so I had absolutely no one else to corroborate. But on the hump, I would say it was black, sort of a dark black color. It had the water coursing off of it, and it was just big. I think it's the best way I can put it. It certainly wasn't a seal. It certainly wasn't a fish. All I can say is that I suppose looking at the lock, that somewhere in there is the Loch Ness monster. And as far as I'm concerned, I've seen it. The most recent sighting was in April of 2022, where a woman filmed a -a two-and-a-half-minute video on the banks of Loch Ness, showing a large creature moving through the water. Gary Campbell, who was one of the previous eyewitnesses, says it's the best footage he has seen in decades. The woman said they had obviously heard of Nessie and enjoyed the stories, but did not believe them. Now, the couple who caught this on video is completely baffled and said they'd love for someone to analyze it and explain to them what is going on. Over the years, people from all across the world have visited Loch Ness to try and find out what this unknown creature is. An expedition in 1975 by Boston's Academy of Applied Science combined sonar and underwater photography at Loch Ness to attempt collecting evidence of the monster's existence. They were able to capture a photo that appeared to show a giant flipper of a plesiosaur-like animal in the water. Other sonar expeditions have since been carried out, but they all had inconclusive results. In addition to these explorations, researchers conducted a DNA survey of Loch Ness in 2018 to try and determine what organisms live within its depths. And while nothing was found regarding plesiosaur or other large animals, it did indicate the presence of numerous eels. The search for answers lives on to this day, and the Loch Ness with its mysterious inhabitant remains a popular attraction for tourists. So much so that it's thought to have contributed to nearly $80 million in Scotland's economy in the 21st century alone. So is Nessie real or fake? Many stories, encounters, and explorations regarding the Loch Ness monster have turned out to be hoaxes or inconclusive, but people still hope and believe this creature to be real. No one will ever really know, seeing as there's no definitive evidence to prove its existence or not, which adds to the allure. Nessie becomes a question of the unknown. Now, I'm just curious what you all think. Are we Loch Ness believers or not? Share with me your thoughts. You can follow me on all of the social medias to share with me what you think. If I was a billionaire, there's lots of things I'd spend my money on for sure. But you know these things like Loch Ness, for instance, I would just like literally employ a team and say, this is going to be your job for the next 5 to 10 years. You're going to be doing sonar, underwater photography. We're going to do whatever we can to figure out if there is a Nessie or not, and I would just put it to bed one way or the other, but I understand wanting to believe, you know, that the Loch Ness Monster exists. I don't know. You guys, tell me. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter for now at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Jesse Hawk. Research and writing provided by Olivia Holmesley. Writing assistance by Sherilyn Reyes. Production assistance by Jesse Hawk. The official composer and audio engineer for the show who creates all the spooky tunes is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or We Talk of Until next time. Did you hear that?